many times as it seems like the end may be drawing near for her. Lord, we lift up so many of our other brothers and sisters who are just not able to be here because of health reasons. And God, I pray that you would touch them. And Lord, I know that every one of us have friends and family who just are not where they should be in their relationship with you. So God, we lift them up today. And Lord, I pray for anybody in this room that's here. Lord, if there's anybody in this room that has sin in their heart, if there's anything they know that they've been struggling with or dealing with, God, I pray that they would cry out in the name of Jesus right now and seek out your forgiveness. And they would repent and confess. And God, they would let you cleanse them so that the rest of this service can be beneficial. Father, we love you today. We thank you for your word, for the opportunity to be here. And Lord, we just ask that you would bless this time. Help us to give our hearts and lives completely to you. And we ask all this in the precious and holy name of Jesus Christ. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. You may be seated. I do know um, today is uh, someone's birthday. Miss, Miss Ruth has a special birthday today. I'm not going to say how old she is. I'll let Henry out her if he wants to. <laughs> Apparently, Miss Ruth has turned 80 today, and so we congratulate her on that. Um, just one announcement before we get going. Uh, when we dismiss everyone here in a second, we do have a meal. Uh, it's catered in. Uh, it's, it's catered by John's Cafe. It's a really uh, great establishment, um, and, and I've ate from, from there several times. And so we encourage you this morning, if you're here, whether you're a member or not, we would love for everyone to stay. If you don't, the food will go to waste, and so we would love for you to stay. Um, doesn't matter if you're a member or not. We'll do the whole voting process and everything afterwards for our church elections, um, but the food is for you as a church body, so please come join us. When we dismiss, I will ask that uh, everyone would allow our senior citizens and, and then uh, mothers with small children to kind of go and, and get those people through the line first as, you know, um, people who are older don't just need to be standing around waiting in line forever, but also people with young kids don't want to have to fight them for 30 or 40 minutes while they're waiting to get their food. So let those people go first. Enjoy. There should be plenty of food for you this morning. And uh, we welcome each of you to come and to be there with us. So uh, we're talking about listening to God. And last week, we focused on this idea of listening to God gives us uh, salvation. It gives us eternal life. It gives us faith. When we listen to what God has to say, it does something in us, right? I mean, it changes us if we are willing to listen and do what the Word says. And today, as we move on, we're talking about how listening to God uh, helps us belong to Him. You with me today? It is a sign of belonging. And it also provides a way to identify who actually belongs to God. Because there are a lot of people in the world who uh, say that they believe in God, say that they believe in Christ. There's a lot of people who come in the name of God, 
for certain things. And many people claim to operate underneath God's authority or Christ's authority. And many people boast about salvation and they boast about eternal life. And many people talk a good game, right? It's easy to talk. It's easy to say. But one of the easiest ways that you can identify whether or not someone truly belongs to God is whether or not they listen to him. If they listen to his word. And you can evaluate that personally as you're interacting with people who uh, come and they always talk about things. and They're always trying to get you to buy into them. Even for us as a church, you know, we're always trying to communicate to the congregation and buy into what we feel like the Lord is leading us to do around here. And one of the easiest ways that you can identify with whether or not uh, our staff, our leadership is, uh, is actually belonging to God and we're doing what God wants to do is, is really just sitting back and watching and figuring out whether or not we're listening to God and being obedient to Him. It's an easy process. So let's read John chapter 8, verses 43 through 47. This is a short passage of Scripture. It's, it's quite intriguing as... Uh, Jesus is having this conversation with these religious leaders, and uh, it becomes quite hostile. Not physically hostile, but you know, there's some salty words thrown around in this passage right here. So let's see what Jesus has to say to these religious leaders. Why can't you understand what I am saying? It's because you can't even hear me. For you are the children of your father, the devil... And you love to do evil, the evil things he does. He was a murderer from the beginning. He has always hated the truth because there is no truth in him. And when he lies, it is consistent with his character. For he is a liar and the father of lies. So when I tell the truth, you just naturally don't believe me. Which of you can truthfully accuse me of sin? And since I am telling you the truth, why don't you believe me? Anyone who belongs to God listens gladly to the words of God, but you don't listen because you don't belong to God. Very short, very simple, very cut and dry. And when you look at this right here, it's very important to understand that Jesus is speaking to men who have very much come in the name of God. They claim to operate underneath God's authority. They are charged with maintaining the law of Moses to the people of Israel. And they were charged with teaching that and upholding the integrity of God's word. And yet, as Jesus is speaking with the very men who should be looking for the Messiah and should be willing to recognize him and should be willing to identify and receive the truth... They're not able to because they really don't belong to God. And this is really important because as you sit here today, it's so important for us to understand that you can go to church and you can play the game and you can sit in and you can fit in and you can play the part and everyone around you might think or, or just give you the benefit of the doubt that you belong to Jesus Christ. But it's very possible for us to sit here today and look the part and play the part and say the part and really not belong. Because it doesn't matter what you look like. It doesn't matter what you talk. It doesn't matter what you say. Really what matters is whether or not you listen and obey. 
Point number one this morning. If you don't belong to God, you can't hear him. If you don't belong to God, you can't hear him. And, and this is tough because last week, you know, we said, we, we used the passage of Scripture, said from, from the beginning of time, people had no excuse for not knowing God because he reveals himself in all of creation. So you can just go outside and you can look at creation and you can look at everything that God's made and God speaks even through what he has made. That there's no excuse for us not to know God. That, that there might be some of you in here today who had a terrible person in your life who completely like claimed that they were of God or of Christ and they were religious and they just set a terrible example and really botched it and really put a bad taste in your mouth. And even if they did that and they gave you a terrible example, you still don't have an excuse for not knowing God because you knew that what you saw was wrong, right? Some of the most valuable lessons we learn are learning what not to do. So God is constantly speaking. God is constantly revealing himself to us, and that's important. But if we don't belong to God, then we can't hear him. And I love the story. We talked about this a little bit last week, but in 1 Samuel chapter 3, I'm not going to read this to you, but you know, this is an incredible story. Whenever the boy Samuel's he's living at the temple, he, you know, Eli the priest is taking him in. He's training him up. Samuel is performing a lot of the duties around the temple. And, and Eli's in this, uh, really, Eli's in a terrible position, okay? Um, he has not maintained the integrity of his priesthood. He has not disciplined his children. There's a lot of immorality that is happening with his sons and with the other people who are serving in the temple. And Eli has not disciplined them. And God is no longer really speaking through Eli and using him to minister to the people of Israel. So there's a disconnect there, right? Now, as, as Samuel comes in and he's the boy, and he's just a young boy at this time, and God comes to him in the middle of the night and he begins to speak to him and he calls him by name and Samuel is young, right? Samuel has no idea who's calling him. He wakes up and he actually thinks Eli is calling his name. And he goes to Eli and Eli says, I didn't call you, go back to bed. Why did you wake me up? Like he thinks, this kid's crazy. Sends him back to bed. Happens again. Samuel wakes up. Hears the voice. Goes, yeah, you called. Eli, what do you want? I didn't call you. And it took like three times before they finally figured out. And Eli, who, who understood what it meant to be spoken to by the Lord and being under the service of the Lord. Now, he, now remember, he's at this point in his time in his life where he's, he's out of practice. He's no longer living in favor of God. And you can read that and you can understand God's about to pronounce judgment on him. In fact, the very message that God is about to deliver to Samuel is pronouncing the judgment on Eli and his family and what he's about to do to them because Eli has not been listening to God and has not been obeying and doing what he said. And in the midst of this moment, this night that God is speaking to Samuel, they don't even know that it's God speaking, and yet God is speaking, and he hears the voice of God calling his name, and he doesn't realize it. And it's important for you to understand today that God may have very well been speaking to you already, 
And if you're not listening for God and expecting him to speak and being like constantly aware and, and, and hoping that he speaks and, and really praying and listening and being discerning about that, you could very well miss it. Because it took three times before Eli figured out what it was, and he was supposed to be the man of God, and Samuel was just a boy and didn't know the difference. You with me this morning? But if we don't belong to God, we can't hear him. You with me? Eli didn't belong to God. He wasn't hearing the message of the Lord. And you remember we said last week, seek the Lord while you can find him. Listen to him while he's near, because you might not always be able to hear him. And God had moved on from Eli, and now he chose Samuel to be the one that he was going to deliver his messages and his judgments through from this point on. But if we don't belong to God, we can't hear him. We have to understand today that if we claim to believe in Jesus Christ, if you claim to be a follower of God, you claim to believe in Jesus Christ, there should be an amount of faith in your life that you are expecting God to speak, that you should be listening for God to speak and expecting Him to speak if you claim to believe in Him. That should be a desire. Every single person in this room should, should go home today and like, man, I would love for God to speak to me. I would love to hear God's voice. I would love to receive a message from God. I would love to have a vision or a dream or all the things that we read about in Scripture that these great spiritual leaders, they experience these very intimate things with God. We should want that too. And we should not be afraid of communicating with God, but we should desire to grow closer to Him and to have these experiences. But chances are, if there's sin in your life... If you're not living like you should, and you know you're not living like you should, and you know you're not doing all the things you should, then there's a separation there, and there's a hesitancy, and then we don't feel so comfortable doing all the things that we know that we should be doing, like going to church. Going to church is miserable whenever you're not living like you should. It's very convicting. That's why most people don't. Hannah and I used to joke all the time whenever we were doing youth ministry, as soon as a kid disappeared and we stopped hearing from them for a little bit, we knew they were struggling in their life. They just, they just started avoiding it. Like they, we do that, don't we? We avoid the hard things. We avoid dealing with conviction. We avoid dealing with trying to set things right, get things back on track. We, we avoid those things. But these men that Jesus are talking to, it should be a wake-up call for us. Because they very much thought that they belonged to God, but they didn't. There's a lot of people who claim to belong to God and probably even think that they belong to God. But the truth is, if we don't listen to God and obey Him, we don't belong to Him. And we eventually get to the point where we can't even hear Him. And Jesus calls them out for falsely accusing Him. He says, not one of you can accuse me of sin. Jesus knew the entire time they were trying to find a way to condemn him and put him to death. And he calls them murderers because that's what they're trying to do. They're trying to kill Jesus. They're trying to put him to death. And they're using God's law to hide behind it in order to justify what they're doing. So they're going to falsely accuse him. And they end up falsely accusing him, which is one of the Ten Commandments. Then they end up getting Jesus put to death for no reason falsely, which is murder at that point. So the religious leaders who claim that they belong to God in the end end up breaking two of the 
commandments, two of the Ten Commandments, in order to get rid of Jesus. But he calls him, he says, you belong to your father, Satan. He was a murderer and a liar from the beginning. That's exactly what you're doing. You're lying about me. You're trying to murder me. You're trying to do away with me. In 1 John chapter 4, verses 5 through 6, this is a passage talking about discerning between false prophets. You know, we talked about it's not only a sign of belonging to God, but it gives you the ability to discern between others who belong to God. And this, is, this doesn't give you the right to go out and just start condemning people and telling people, you're going to hell, you don't really belong to God, you're a liar. It's for your benefit. You understand what I'm saying this morning? It gives you the ability to discern whether or not you need to invest or give people the time of day whenever they're claiming certain things. Or you just move on and you be faithful to God and where you feel like he's leading you to go. But the writer of First John puts these words. He says, those people belong to this world, so they speak from the world's viewpoint. And the world listens to them. But we belong to God, and those who know God listen to us. And, you know, John's speaking. He's one of the apostles. He said, we belong to God, and those who belong to God listen to us. If they do not belong to God, they do not listen to us. This is how we know if someone has the spirit of truth or the spirit of deception. You you with me? Like like There's there's an understanding, even in the early church, that, that they realized that people who are willing to listen show that they belong to God. And the truth is, we're living in a day and time when we're dealing with a world that does not want to listen. They want to do their own thing. They, they, people want to make up their own rules, do their own thing, take the Bible and say, oh, that's old, you know, it's outdated, we can change or remove a few things. But guys, I'm telling you, one of the easiest ways you can identify whether or not someone belongs to God is observing whether or not they listen and obey. And it's that, it's that simple. I, I say it a lot. I'm going to say it again. Christianity is not as difficult as we like to make it out to be. It's not. It's so easy that a child can do it. Childlike faith. And when you talk about discerning whether or not people belong to God, okay, look inwardly this morning. First, look in it to yourself. Do I belong to God? Do I listen to God? Do I obey God? That's a good question. It gives you a good ability for you to discern whether or not you truly belong to the Lord. And whenever you're looking at other people and you're saying, well, this person claims this and they're saying this, well, look at their life. Do they listen to God and do they obey God? And one of the greatest ways that you can do that is read God's Word and see if what they're saying or doing aligns with what God's Word says. It's not rocket scientist. It's pretty simple. And a lot of times... We neglect some of the most simple things because we think things should be more complicated than they are. Now, I just want to challenge you this morning. Do the simple stuff. Know God's word. Evaluate. Evaluate your own life. Be honest in that. Look and see whether or not you're being obedient in God's word and listening to it and look and see if other people are being obedient. But in order to do that, you have to believe that God's word is true. So point two, God speaks truth. And, and this is important because today, we've talked about this before, the world does not want to believe in absolute truth. Like one of the greatest challenges in academia today is, the under, is trying to promote the understanding that truth is relative, it's fluid, it changes. 
And that mindset in itself is total opposite of the existence and the characteristics of God. We serve a God who is unchanging. He is absolute truth. Like his word is absolute truth. And there comes a point in time in your life where you have to believe personally that am I going to make this decision of whether or not I believe that God's word is absolutely 100% true with no hesitancy, no questions whatsoever. And I got, are you going to live by that? Because that's, that's the deal breaker for most people, is really 100% believing it. That's the choice that you have to make as individuals, and that's the choice that other people have to make as they follow God in discerning whether or not they're going to listen and they're going to obey. John chapter 17, verses 16 through 19. Jesus said, They do not belong to this world any more than I do. Make them holy by your truth. How are people made holy? By God's truth. You want to know how to be made holy this morning? It's not by what you do or don't do. You are made holy by God's truth. Whether or not you choose to have faith and believe in that truth. It's not a matter of whether or not you sin or whether or not you do holy things or go to religious things or anything like that. It's a matter of putting your trust and faith in the Word of God and believing it as truth. And if you believe that, if you believe that God's Word is true, all the other stuff will fall into place where it's supposed to be. Teach them your Word, which is truth. What is truth? God's Word. One of the greatest examples of God's Word that we have is Scripture. But he also, remember last week we talked about several different ways that God likes to speak. In verse 18 it says, Just as you sent me into the world, I am sending them into the world, and I give myself as a holy sacrifice for them so that they can be made holy by your truth. You with me this morning? You have got to get to the point in your life where you are completely 100% sold on the fact that God's word is truth. If you think that you can walk out of this room and look at God's word, look at scripture, and doubt it in any way, your faith is sitting on a rocky foundation at best. It's probably more like sand. It's not going to hold up. There will be something, and as soon as you, you, and you know this, you start engaging in your relationship with the Lord, you start trying to draw closer to Him, you start trying to do the right things, do, th- do challenges not come? Does the devil not come knocking and trying to pull you back to where you were or worse off than you were before? Like, you, you, you get to this point in your life where you make a decision, well, like, this is questionable, this is questionable, well, then everything in the world is going to pop up for you to start questioning everything else about God's Word. You've got to get to the point in your life where you believe. You have to have absolute faith that God speaks absolute truth. And you cannot separate the two. Absolute faith and absolute truth. Because if you don't have absolute faith, then you're not going to do what it says. And if you don't believe it's absolute truth, well, then you're not going to put your faith in it. It goes hand in hand. It's not a matter of what you think or how you feel. Your life does not consist on circumstances or situations. You with me this morning? 
Like, like you, that's something you've got to believe in and you've got to set your mind to. My life does not consist of situations and circumstances. Do you believe that? Do you believe that in the moment when it hits? Somebody asked me last week, what, what is it? <laughs> when I said, when it hits the fan, I said, go ask your mom. <laughs> One of the teenagers asked me. But when it, when it hits the fan during the middle of the week and the situation and circumstances of life are terrible, and it starts to make you question and you start wondering, like, is this going to work out? Is this going to be okay? Do you believe that God is bigger than your situation and circumstances? To remember that we serve a God who's beyond the circumstances of this world because the circumstances of this world are temporary. And whether it's good and you feel like, all oh, the blessings, God has blessed me so much, remember, those are temporary. And you feel like life stinks right now. Remember, that's temporary. All those things will pass. But we serve a God who's beyond situations and circumstances. He's beyond the laws of nature. We serve a God who's eternal. We have something better to look forward to. Do you believe that? And to know that your life does not consist of your hopes and dreams. And the older you are, the more willing you are to give up some of those hopes and dreams because you realize like some of those things are great and maybe you accomplished some and some you didn't and they're really not that important. But the younger you are, the more difficult it is to let that go because you have your whole life in front of you and you're like, I'm going to do this. I know everybody else didn't accomplish their hopes and dreams, but I'm going to do this. And you know that it's possible and you believe it. But sitting here today and just being able to say, God is bigger than my hopes and dreams. That we serve a God whose desires and plans for your life are so much bigger than any hope or dream you could ever possibly conjure up. Like you think you have something great in the store. You think you have something amazing that you can accomplish in this life. And God has something so much more important, so much more amazing, so much more satisfying for you personally than you could ever dream of that you don't even know that you won't. But you serve a God who created you. And not only created and formed your body, which is a miracle in itself, but created and formed your mind and the desires of your heart, which is like significantly more complicated and amazing than just your physical body. Like when you actually think like they can take organs out and put organs in and they can graft bones and they can actually sew on other people's arms and legs now and you can use them. And it's like the, the, the amount of ability that doctors are able to do with the human body, it's, it's amazing. And think about how complicated and amazing it is for someone to be born. Like the, the statistical odds of somebody being born with a healthy body, it's like it should be impossible. But God forms that all the time. But the mind is so different. The mind's so much more complicated. And when you start talking about digging around in someone's mind to do surgery, like they say, well, we just, we don't know what will happen. Like they have no idea. But God formed that. God not only saw you before he created you, but he also sees you whenever you cease to exist and whenever you step into eternity, God has already seen you for who you were, who you are, and who you will be. God has a design and a plan for you that's much more intricate and satisfying than you could ever think or imagine. 
But the question is, is do you believe that? Do you have faith in that? It gets, a little old, it gets a little easier the older you get, but the younger you are, the harder it is to surrender to that. But if you listen to God, are you going to obey Him? See, part of being a Christian is whether or not you are going to build your life on the foundation of God's truth. Are you going to build your life on that foundation? Because if you build it on God's truth, you know exactly where it came from, you know exactly where it is, and you know exactly where it's going. But if you build your life on anything else that this world has to offer, you don't know where it came from, you don't really know where it is, even though you think you might, and you definitely don't know where it's going. God's truth is stability. It's eternal. It lasts. It it exceeds beyond anything we could possibly comprehend or expect. Point number three, if you belong to God, you listen gladly. That's what Jesus said. I mean, you go back to that verse. It says, anyone who belongs to God listens gladly to the words of God, but you don't listen because you don't belong to God. If you belong to God, you listen gladly. That means you read his word, you do what it says, you listen gladly. You go to church, you talk with other believers, you have spiritual conversations, you listen gladly to what God is doing. And it makes you excited to do those things. And I'll be honest with you this morning. Um, Whenever I first began to follow Christ, there were a lot of things that I did begrudgingly because people told me to do them. And I didn't really understand because I had not sit down and read all of God's Word at that point. So I didn't know everything that God's Word says. Didn't know a lot of stuff I was doing. But I remember people saying certain things and teaching certain things. And I remember saying, like, I don't want to do that. And there was a lot of times I did stuff begrudgingly because I was told it was the right thing to do. And I didn't really want to. And I wasn't really convinced, like, this was 100% right. And, and I've shared this before, too. Like, especially money. Like, money was a big thing, like, talked about in, in my life and in my family from my grandfather. And I remember the first time I gave money for, the first, for a long time when I began to give money to church when the offering plate was passed around. I did it begrudgingly. Because I was told to do it and I did not realize that I had not been a Christian long enough to see God's principles pan out in my life. I, I, I had not been a Christian long enough to see those blessings come to fruition from doing the things that I was being taught and told to do. And so early on, as a young believer, it's hard to do some of those things because it's very much against everything you've, you've been told by other people. It very much goes against everything that the world does. And so it doesn't make sense. But anybody who's been a Christian long enough can tell you that if, if they, they've given something to God and they've really surrendered to the Lord and they said, I started doing this and I, can, I cannot tell you all the ways that God has blessed me because I was obedient and did this. And I see many people's heads sitting here nodding this morning. It's like whether it's, no matter what it is, whether it's, whether it's separating yourself from a friend or a relationship that you shouldn't be in, whether it's abstaining from certain activities that, you know, aren't really healthy for you and people's encourage you to do that, whether it's giving financially, whether it's actually taking the time to pray, whether it's sitting down and honestly reading God's word and investing your life in that, and the benefit from those things in due time brings about blessings in our life 
that you just cannot even explain or comprehend that you would have never even thought come. But you have to have faith to start in on that. And once you serve God and and once you belong to God, now, now think about this. Once you truly belong to God, you get excited about doing what God's Word says. Because whenever I first got saved, and I remember we would go on mission trips, and we would have to go up to somebody, and we'd have to talk to them about Jesus, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to throw up. Like It was, the, it was the, the most intimidating thing ever to just go up and cold turkey, talk to somebody about Jesus. And it was terrible. But you know what? People who really belong to Christ and love Him and obey His Word get excited about telling other people about Jesus they get excited about the possibility of somebody getting saved and you having a hand in on that. That you helped with that in, in some small, insignificant way. People get excited about that. And you sit here this morning, it's like, dude, I don't get excited talking about Jesus. Why not? Why do you not get excited about talking to other people about Christ? And then you start having to ask yourself, do I really belong to Christ? Because if I belong, I listen gladly. It may not make sense, it may not be easy, it may not be convenient, but we gladly do what God says because we belong to Him and we trust Him and we believe that everything about Him is truth. In Luke chapter 8, verses 19 to 21, there's this cool story where Jesus is teaching a bunch of people and He's surrounded, and in fact, He's surrounded by so many people, the people on the outside can't get to Him. And in verse 19 it says, And Jesus' mother and brothers came to see him, but they couldn't get to him because of the crowd. And someone told Jesus, Your mother and your brothers are standing outside and they want to see you. And Jesus replied, My mother and my brothers are all those who hear God's word and obey it. You're sitting here this morning. I just want to challenge you before we leave. And I want to remind you, you need to look inside your own heart in your life. And you need to have a really good conversation with yourself as to whether or not you listen and obey. Whether or not you listen gladly. Whether or not the people you are associating with and living with and investing in your life with, whether or not they are listening to God's word and they're being obedient to it. Because if you're surrounding yourself with other people who are talking it but they're not doing it, you're going to fall in suit with that whether you want to or not. So this morning, ask yourself, do I listen and do I obey? Do I belong to God or do I belong to the only other person that you can belong to if you don't belong to God? Satan. It's one or the other. And nobody in this room this morning would say, yes, I belong to Satan. We would never say that. But inevitably... If we do not belong to God, we belong to Him. Let's pray. Father, we thank You so much for this day and this time we have together. Jesus, I pray that You would work and move in our hearts and lives. Lord, today's message is very simple. It's very practical. And Lord, I just I pray for every person, young and old, no matter their age, no matter what state they are in life, Lord, we are all called to follow you.
And I pray that we can answer those questions to ourselves today honestly as to whether or not we're listening and if we're listening gladly. Help us to serve you. Help us to listen to you. Help us to believe that everything you say is truth. Father, as we dismiss today and we're about to partake in the meal that's provided, Lord, we just thank you so much for it. We thank you so much for the ease that we have to be able to have food in our life. We ask that you would bless it to the nourishment of our bodies. And Lord, that you would uh, guide us in the process of our voting today. And Jesus, that you would um, bless our church as we go forth and try to live for you. We love you and we ask this in your name. Amen.